Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you today. I am sitting here, as you guys always know, I come down to the Center for Innovation at the Fayetteville Public Library, the only place to be, of course, especially on a hot day like today. But I'm here in the Center for Innovation in the sound studio with none other than Olivia Trimble. Olivia is the founder and owner of Sleet City Signs and Murals. And she is an outstanding artist. She is well known in this community. And she's somebody that I have been I have been trying to get on this podcast for a very, very long time. And we finally got our acts together. And she is here in front of me today. So without further ado, folks, I want to welcome Olivia Trimble to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, Randy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So what's going on with you? I figured you've got a new store that just opened up right close to the corner of uh, North College and North. 
and um, you're doing a lot of things in the community. And, uh, you know, there's so much I want to talk about, but I would just love for you just to, for those that the, the uninitiated, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about who Olivia Trimble is. We call that your superhero <laughs> origin story. Okay. I'm Olivia Trimble. I'm a sign painter and muralist. I have grown up in Northwest Arkansas and lived here for most of my life, except for a quick stint in Northeast Arkansas where I picked up a husband and a daughter. So I feel like, you know, I'm home here in Northwest Arkansas. I'm a second generation sign painter. My stepdad, Eric Snodgrass, has been painting signs longer than I've been alive and I'm 35. So it's a long time. (laughs) And I have two little girls. They help me on my jobs and projects. So a lot of people see them around. I currently have a few projects going. I have a new art supply store, uh, Sleet City Art and Supply. I was awarded the Interchange Fellowship, which is a really big deal. And it is funding. It's a grant that's funding two public art projects, not in Northwest Arkansas, because we have a ton of public art here, but they are funding two public art projects in rural Arkansas, one in Eudora, which is in super southeast Arkansas, and it's a super cute little community, and one in north central Arkansas, that's Fox, and it is also a super cute community, but they're very different, and they're very rural, and they are very much in need of public art, and there are a bunch of people in those spaces that are fantastic artists, and what I hope to bring with this project is some ownership for the community of the pieces. So I'm not going in and saying, hey, it's me, Olivia Trumbull. I'm going to put up a piece and you get to look at it and I'm going home. Right. It's a collaborative community piece to allow the community to weigh in on what makes their space, you know, theirs. It's, a, it's called a rural placekeeping project. And part of it that I'm very excited about is that we'll have a couple of artists in each space that are going to be paid to work on this project. And it will teach them how to, when I leave town, to put up their own public art. It's just the technical stuff that I've learned and I've had the privilege to learn as a second generation sign painter that I can pass on. So I may have skipped over a whole bunch of things, but those are the (laughs) things that I'm really excited about. What has been your biggest surprise in embarking on this project? I would imagine that maybe you had some preconceived notions about what it would be like, but then you got there and you were like, wow, this is totally not what I expected. Well, I haven't, you know, I work in Fox pretty often, so I'm I'm feeling solid about that. And like, there may not be too many surprises, but when you have community conversations, that's not ever true. There's always a surprise. With Eudora, well, I mean, I'm just in love with all the good walls they have, number one. But I'm just thrilled with, I guess, how they're letting this project unfold. So we had a community meeting. A couple of weeks ago, and it was prom weekend, and that meant that we didn't have young people there. We didn't have a lot of parents there, folks tied to the schools. There weren't quite as many as there could have been. And so with this one, I maybe assumed that we'd have that meeting and we'd come up with a concept and we'd be rolling. And what came up were a lot of issues that hadn't been talked about, which is the whole point of the project is to kind of get the community's voice flowing. And we learned about some of those. and. We're slowing down the project and maybe we're adding a a step that might fire up the community. You know, we're saying, well, I don't have it confirmed, but the idea is that we might put up a piece that I just go in and paint that says, who is Eudora? Mm-hmm. 
and we'll let that percolate for maybe three weeks or a month. And then we'll have an event to really get the community to say, well, I saw that and I thought about it for a couple of weeks and this is who it is. And this might bring us all kinds of things that are completely unexpected. I mean, the whole thing with this project is that because I'm not driving what it's supposed to be about, the community is, that's the part that's surprising and scary to me. And I just want to make sure that, you know, folks are putting in their time to weigh in. And I think in Northwest Arkansas, we have all given a lot of time to different listening sessions or whatever, and sometimes not much comes of it. So what I want to make sure of is that the folks who participate, they feel like their contribution was valued. So I don't know. It's just the whole thing is unexpected, which is a challenge to myself. And it was intentional. But living it and saying, well, gosh, we didn't come up with the concept and I don't know what it's going to be. You know, it could be something that's really, really warm and fuzzy. That's not what I expect necessarily. I expect it to be something that's like more complicated. This is who we are. This is our history. These are our future concerns and challenges or maybe some really bright things on the horizon. Southeast Arkansas is about to blow up with how they're handling. Oh, how do I phrase it? Well, the county that Eudora is in. And this is in the Delta. This is in the Delta. This is in Chico County over by, a lot of people know where Lake Village is. Yeah. So it's down there. They're about to get. It's like right on the Mississippi River. It's like right there. Yeah. yeah. They're about to get the, I think it's the second in the nation. It's a plant that processes trash, but turns it into energy. Oh, wow. So like this is a big deal for Southeast Arkansas. And so, you know, maybe this new piece that we're putting up. We'll touch on that. I just don't know. So it's exciting and challenging, and it's hard for me to describe because it's in progress. Um, So I'm just I'm looking forward to the the next few months when we can kind of discover it. And it's also it's surprising and like so nice that the folks in that community are like super welcoming and just like they're about it. And, you know, I've I've just lived really Mostly in Northwest Arkansas, so I feel like I know a lot here, and I I love going into a place and not not reading the Wikipedia page or what the chamber puts out, but talking to folks about their community. Sure, it's just lovely and exciting. Well, and I and you've had some experience, and you've been down this road before. I mean, for those that are listening, Olivia was the one that created several of the murals that we. I won't say that they were contested. I will just say that they were necessary murals that were put on walls throughout the city at different points of time in the last few years, specifically. And some of you probably remember the Love Unites Us wall that uh, Olivia painted. And then there was another one, Love Your Neighbor, which has been on T-shirts. There have been, you've seen it in a number of different iterations, but, you know, these all came about during the pandemic, I believe, and, and most of them did. And I think what originally spurred the whole uh, Love Unites Us was that somebody had spray painted white pride on a wall in, at the south of town, I think near MLK, if I'm not mistaken. On MLK. On MLK, yeah. So, and that's, that's really where it seems like a bunch of individuals, local community members and community leaders all came together and said, how can we, how can we fix this? How can we address this issue in a way that's thoughtful and shows that, hey, we're trying to move this thing forward. We're not going backwards. Yeah. With with the Love Unites This Mural, the interest, I don't know. I have such complicated feelings about it. I mean, like most of the work that I do with Repaint Hate 
every bit of it, honestly. I have complicated feelings about it because, you know, in 2016, right after the presidential election that was here where we are currently sitting, there used to be the city hospital. Sure. And someone had painted the N-word on this building that all kind of people could see, kids see, young people walking to and from the library could see. And like, I was so naive then. I just, I had the paint in my car and I saw it on Facebook and I was like, well, we we can't have these kids seeing that. So I'm going to go cover it up. And I didn't think it was a big deal. I just wanted it gone. Like, and so I covered it and I didn't design it very well. I scrawled it. I had no idea it was going to be seen by a whole bunch of people. And it just said, um, love wins or love always wins. And it got a lot of attention. And then I guess I had a movement that started where we had a whole bunch of hate speech going up all over then. It's another case. I feel like there have been waves and there's been a building momentum of emboldened people who maybe in years past didn't feel as confident in being able to share hateful remarks and actions and all kinds of things that go with that. So that happened. And then there have been a few smaller things after that that sometimes I'll just go cover it up real quick and I don't post about it. I just get rid of it. There was something on Jefferson Elementary, which is no longer an elementary school, but it's a an adult education center in South Fayetteville. A lot of this happens in South Fayetteville, which is where I have always lived. And that's a whole situation in itself. But with 2020, there was another wave. So on this building, the Levy Knights, this building, White Pride was put up. We repainted it. A whole bunch of people came together and put in physical labor. They sent drinks. They donated money. They just cheered us on and, you know, rolled down the window and you like hollered, thank you, or you're so nice. And then not too long, maybe a few months later, someone came along and they tagged it and they said, they marked out unites on the phrase love unites us. And they said, love weakens us, which is so dumb. And so we covered that up. And then another one, happened. And I can't remember what the side of the building said. They defaced the front. And then on the side of the building, I think they put rebellion or some phrase that was used by the folks at the Capitol on January 6th, one of their slurs. And then on the back of the building, they tagged your days are numbered. So that was, you know, a thing. And I think with that round, or I can't remember, it's been hit so many times. On one of these rounds of you know, not just a tag, not just somebody's like name that they scrawl in like neat letters, but like an intentionally hateful defacing of it. We left it and we left it for almost a year because I have had criticism that I think is well-founded that, you know, I say, well, I want to cover this and show the, you know, show people who are visiting our town who we are. But part of we, I mean, it's not just people who say, well, love unites us or love your neighbor or something that's positive, but there is another contingent here. So we left it up. Yeah. Well, look, we're, we're trying to do our best, but we also have this happening and let's leave that there and let that be part of the story. Like this wall continues to get hit and continues to get hit and people have something to say and our underlying message is there and theirs is there. And maybe let's let that sit and marinate for a few months. And I didn't want to touch it until the right moment and the right moment happened when the Mighty by Design crew, Lakeisha and Stacy, secured a grant to 
work on this wall with the kids that they work with. They came up with a program with the help of our friend Nate Walls called Graffiti Feeds, where uh, we would get, we got a crew of six, six young people of varying ages. And, you know, my side note, my thing is that I think there are plenty of folks doing public art here who have means. Many of us are white. Most of the folks are men. And so it's exciting to me to get young maybe non-white folks, maybe women into public art because there's a lot of money there, right? So this was so exciting because Lakeisha and Stacy and Nate pulled together this group of kids who were great artists. I didn't have to do anything really on this wall. And they came and they repaired the wall and they learned some skills so that now when there's a call, and I think most of these folks are still under 18. So for youth to put up public art and to get paid because everyone get, deserves to get paid for their work. They now have the skills to do that. To do so that. we waited until the right time to do the wall. And so far, I drive by it every day. It's doing good. And I think it has so much more meaning and value now that we gave it that time to maybe have it maybe spark some different thoughts with people and to maybe bother them, you know, and I hate for someone to be bothered to be the point, but sometimes you have to be bothered by something to step out of your comfort zone and maybe have a hard conversation with someone that you know you can reach, but you don't want to because it feels bad and maybe it could backfire and whatever. You know, that discomfort can be a tool. So we did it and then we had the next step not be me necessarily because I've done it, you know, but be some other young folks who gained skills, who got you know, love from people honking and thanking and giving shout outs, paid for their work, which was so cool. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, I have complicated feelings about the whole repaint hate thing that I do because I don't ever want to have to do it again. Right. Like the idea of what's the next thing that ought to be covered up, like what's it going to be? Because it seems like it, it maybe is uglier each time. Right. So... Wouldn't it be nice if we just didn't have, have to worry about any it. another piece ever come out of it's it? It's like the oncologist that comes in one day and is told that cancer is no longer a problem. Yeah, so, great. Yeah. I'm out of a job. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, clearly, and the only reason why I bring it up is because it is very, it is very germane to Northwest Arkansas, right? Because I think this, and we, we were talking about this offline, that this area is in the process of still finding itself, still figuring some things out. You know, I tell people all the time, I mean, this is really the only place in Arkansas that I would live and I love it. I I really and genuinely enjoy it. And, you know, I'm not conflicted by that, but I'm also under no illusions that this is a perfect utopia. I mean, we've got right. a long way to go, we just like any place as, as. Yeah. But I do believe that we are putting in the work. We're willing to put in the work and the time and the effort to try to achieve that. Right. And yeah. I mean, just. Just the, a sampling of what you just talked about and what you experienced over these last two years during the pandemic is an example of that. So yeah. I think it's I think it's important for us. And these conversations are important to have, like working with these young people, just showing them how to problem solve, how to deal with issues, because, you know, people aren't going to always agree with you. People no. aren't going to always be in concert with everything that you want to do. And you this is a big world. We have to learn to live in it together. Totally. We have to learn, you know, the differences that we each have as we come to the table. And I think it's important. The more we have these conversations, the better off we are. Yeah. It's when we sit and stew and go to our own corners and, and are left to our own devices is when when problems happen. Right. Like, you know, with what I've 
with this whole thing where I have, I don't even want to advertise it as a philosophy, but like what clicks for me is if I'm that upset about something, then I ought to take action. So I've done that. I try to do that. See the the hate speech, paint over it because my skill is painting. But that's not what I think everybody should do. I want people to see the work that I do and to know that I don't take myself super seriously and it just is what it is. I'm a painter and I can paint over something. And for them to say, well, I'm not a painter, but I'm a I'm a great project manager and I can step in and help guide something that I see maybe needs some guidance or I'm a lawyer and I can do this or I, you know, everyone, I want people to use their own skill set, whatever it may be, to take action in whatever ways that they can. And so, like, I just really dislike that hate speech goes up so often, but I just am heartened by seeing folks take their own skill set and say, well, okay, well, I'll just step into action now. Great. And so with, you know, Northwest Arkansas as a whole, to kind of extrapolate that, I have seen in the last four to six years, so many folks who are just regular people living their lives, helping their neighbors, whatever. And they have taken that from a really small act that's always very meaningful and they've scaled it up into something larger. So now four to six years later, I have friends who, you know, maybe they haven't started out with a lot who are now in leadership roles in all different spaces. And so, I don't know, we certainly have a long way to go in many ways, but I'm so happy to see folks jumping in and having locals who really do have skin in the game guiding how the area is growing and and changing. And there are a million examples yeah, of that. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about Olivia Trimble, the entrepreneur. <laughs> Why did you decide to open up a shop? Was that a dream of yours? Yes. Did, did, was this so, something? Okay. So this is my dorky dream. I have dorky dreams and they work out sometimes and sometimes a whole bunch don't. So I don't always talk about the ones that don't work out. So I'm just going to talk about the two that the three that have first dorky dream. I wanted to have children and I have two great girls. and I'm so happy. A second big dream was that, gosh, probably in 2015, I'd been painting commercial signs for a while. It's so fun to paint a logo if it's a really good one. But like, that's not what gets me super excited. Well, I mean, if it's a really good logo, it is. But I made a goal after landing my first really big mural job with specialized real estate at Uptown Apartments. I painted a 400 square foot quilt mural and I decided that I wanted to paint big walls for a living. That's what I wanted. These massive walls that, you know, when I first look at them, I'm like, how in the heck am I going to paint this? Oh, my God. And then I do it. That was cool. But I did it for a few years and it's really hard labor and it's hard to, you know, to put it bluntly. My husband has a great job and he works extremely hard and he doesn't have a ton of flexibility. And there are lots of gender roles in here and we'll just save that for a different day. But I, I've i always been the primary caregiver and kid picker upper and somebody's barfing. It's me to, you know, to go right, deal with it. Right. And it was hard to juggle being on a construction site and having to leave to go get a kid or to deal with whatever thing. And it became really stressful. And I started thinking about, you know, what's after this? Because I may have mentioned my stepdad, Eric Snodgrass, is just about 60 and he's still painting signs and he grinds so hard. He does so much more in a week than I can do in two months. But I can't be doing that when I'm old. Sure, That's not me. Right. So I've been thinking about what is your other dream and what comes next? And my other dream is that 
I've always wanted to not even own it, but just go to an art supply store in Northwest Arkansas and get to have the experience that I have when we travel. And we don't travel much, but when we do, we make a point to visit the local art supply. And I think my family probably, I mean, they're they're so loving and great, but they know I'm a total ding dong about it because I'll walk around and be like, oh my gosh, look at all these things. And you know, supplies that I'll never use in my own practice, but I'm just so excited about the potential behind each one. And I'm I'm like as close to a kid in a candy store as you can get. Um, so this fall, fall of 2021, I had just wrapped a really, really, really big project that was a huge challenge and one that was kind of a bucket list, and that was to paint a whole building in a quilt pattern. And I did that at Pelfrey's in downtown Rogers. Yeah, well, I Brian, guess Brian Bonk, Dr. Brian Bonk. Bonk. Yeah, yes. And I'm so excited about what they're doing there. Natural State Rabbit is, I guess, what it's rebranded to. Yes. So I got to do that massive- You totally transformed that little strip of land there past where Onyx is located I mean, there in Rogers. I, I remember, because actually I was there physically- working out of an office at Pelfrey's oh my when you were doing the work. That's and I, I remember seeing it and I was like, wow. And you just transformed it. And I was like, yeah, you should do it. So that when people fly over Rogers, they can oh, see it. So cool. What you can, yeah. you can actually spot it out because yeah. if you look at downtown Rogers and where the new area is, you can look right above that and you'll see your work. That's so rad. Yeah. And Marty, Marty Shutter, who's a good friend, he did a drone video for me of it. And it oh, was just cool. so, it really it hit me hard. But so, I did this like bucket list project and then I caught COVID and I'd been vaccinated and we'd been careful and I had Delta and I had monoclonal antibodies and I got through it just fine. My life wasn't in danger, but I didn't bounce back very well. Right. And it was really scary and upsetting. I had long COVID and a lot of folks have had it. And it kind of hit me that you're not going to be on a job site for a long time, Olivia. Like. At that time, I couldn't even put all of my paint into the back of my car. Like there was no getting on a site. And so I had just landed a spot on college that was supposed to just be my studio and where I would meet clients to grow the sign and mural business. And maybe I'd make merch sometimes and sell it up front. Well, we, um, my husband and friends and I, you know, we all worked real quick to pivot. I don't do all this alone. I have a whole group of people who help me manage my life and my kids and my side projects and whatever. So it was, well, hell, what are we going to do now? Okay, what's this? What's the other big dream? And it was opening an art supply store. Yeah. And my husband and I have worked really hard to be able to get to a point where we can take on a big thing like that. I mean, I wouldn't, if it had been eight months before, never, I would be like, y'all, that's insane. I'm not opening a shop. That's nuts. But so we did. We opened an art supply store and. We started off opening on Small Business Saturday, and I was so scared to open that I didn't even announce it was happening. I just did it, which is, in retrospect, so dumb. I did not do any hyping of opening the shop because I was scared, and I always get scared about things. I don't talk about that as often. And so we got through the holidays and did a lot of gift and a lot of kits and not as many art supplies, but we surveyed just about every poor person who came in had to ha- listen to me ask them their opinions and thoughts on Should we have an art supply store here? What would you like to see in it? Blah, blah, blah. And the response was so great and supportive. And I'm not talking about my friends who came in and shopped that first, you know, holiday season with us. I'm talking about total strangers were about it. And it was so nice. So in January, well, okay, well, sidetrack. We got COVID again at Christmas. So it really solidified. I need to be spending my time 
in the shop, not trying to get back out into the job sites. But in January, we started ordering art supplies and moving the shop around and trying to accommodate more and more inventory. And, you know, we're putting everything back into the business. And that's a scary thing, except that our community that always comes through, they've been so enthusiastic about the shop. And, you know, it's a weird thing to visit it. Like I put my work out there and it's it's a painting, whatever we look at it, yeah. it can get painted over. Building can come down. That's a thing. But it's another thing to say, here's my physical space and I'm going to advertise it and hope that you come into it. And I have like kind of like big feelings about how I want people to feel when they come in and the experience that they have. Sure. My mom, I'm going to try not to tear up. I haven't cried this week, so this might be it. My mother is Filipino and she is kind of the driving force behind what I do. She moved to, uh, she moved here from Newport Beach, California in the 70s. Folks were not kind to her many times. She went to Ramey Junior High. She went to Fayetteville High School. She bought back her childhood home in South Fayetteville. And I've watched this this woman who I don't look super a lot like. I'm a white passing person. I've watched her be treated really badly in retail spaces. And just, you know, the suspicion and the following around and the disdain. And my mom's experiences have shaped my desire to cover up hate speech. I don't want my mom seeing it. Sure. I want full, you know, whatever. But she's also shaping her me watching how she's treated in shops has also shaped how I want folks to feel when they come in and how I want them to be treated, whether it's myself or John, my husband working or a staff member. It's extremely important to us that this thing that we're doing is not a snooty place, is not an unwelcome place. And so, like, aside from all the pretty flowers that I've planted and the sign I've painted and the cute stuff I carry or whatever, kind of. This may not be like the business side of things that I maybe ought to be focusing on, but I really want people to feel good when they come in because life's kind of rough right now. You know, we have all kind of stuff going on and it's just always so important to me when I think about the shop that it's a welcoming place. And obviously it's on my mind a lot because I'm rambling to you about it. No, but- and that's fine. I mean, I, I'm glad you, you, I think you've given everybody kind of a a glimpse into what this shop means to you and what it's yeah. all about. And I, I, I certainly want to encourage anyone. I have a lot of friends. Uh, my kids go to the Arkansas Arts Academy, but I know a lot of people that are into the arts yeah. on so many different levels, but specifically the graphic arts. And I mean, there are a lot of artists that I know. I can think of people that I've had on this on this show, like uh, Kenya Christian and Shelly Muber. And yeah, Shelly's so, been so, so Yeah, Shelly's great. And so and there's so many in the maker spaces growing yeah. in Northwest Arkansas. So, And like a group that I guess this is the other part of this, you know, wanting it to feel welcoming is that I have not come from an academic art background. I came from a trade. I just was able to take the skills of being a sign painter to turn it into being a muralist. So I. It's am, called upskilling. It's yeah. <laughs> I am most interested in grabbing people who, and I I meet them every day, you know, I have a lot of gift stuff in the shop because it's fun to have gift stuff. And I think it's good to have a variety of artful items. I hate saying artful. I've got to think of a better term, but I want to grab the people who will walk in and say, well, I'm not an artist. I hear it all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. And I don't say that part, but I'll say, well, of course you are. You just haven't found your medium or you haven't found the thing that really activates you. 
Because if I just had to exist on myself drawing, well, I certainly am not an artist, right? But I figured out what my skill was. So this shop, when I talk about it being a welcoming place, I want people who don't feel... It's the same concept with my murals, right? People who do not identify themselves as artists or patrons of the arts. I want it to be a space where they can say, huh, maybe I am. So maybe they're in there picking up a gift for a graduation present and they come back a second time for something else. And they maybe spy... A block printing kit or some watercolor paints. And they think, well, I'm not an artist, but maybe I'll pick this up. Like, I just want to have people have an easy and accessible way to get into that stuff. Sure. So that's really the gist of it. I just, I hate snootiness and snobbery and gatekeeping and people who are exclude others. And so that's... You know, as I talk through what I'm doing, even when I'm not being conscious, I've just talked through this so many times that I am aware of it this now in our meeting here. I just want to bring people in and have them feel like they're supposed to be in spaces with art and and embrace it. It's huge. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's one thing to go to Crystal Bridges or the momentary. It's a whole nother thing to realize that we all have that spark of creativity in us and how you harness that. It's going to be different for you than it is for me, than it is for the person down the street. So people need to understand that and kind of embrace that inner creative child that we all have in us. You know, I think we all kind of want to be brought into a room where there's some watercolors and just some blank canvases and just a chance for you to just do whatever you want to do. But sometimes life comes so fast that we don't we don't stop to think about that. Yeah. And like, while I'm, you know, trying to do this, I have to. I have to bring this back to Stacy and Lakeisha with Mighty by Design. Mm-hmm. They're literally going into the community and they're literally putting canvases and paints and brushes in the hands of people so that they can have those experiences. And so while, <coughs> yes, everyone come to my store and check it out. Also, these are women who are physically doing that work. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really humbling that and I have been able to work alongside them. Yeah. And it's always a lesson to talk with them or to read what They've done that week. Well, and I and I might add that that I know Lakeisha, I mean, there's there is, I mean, they're also doing this as a form of therapy. Right. Which is huge. And in this time, when yeah, no one is I taking mean, new patients and you can't get you know, you can't get into you, a therapist. And you look at like the suicide rate among high school kids yes. and I just watched that sixty minute special the other day and, and I, I got it my heart was broken by how that, you know, the pandemic is really an you know, the unintended side effect of the pandemic has been that it has created a level of aloneness mm-hmm. that people have never experienced before. Yeah. And it's hard to come out of that. Some people get into a rut or a funk and it's hard to come out of it. And, yeah, you know, and this is where it's so important for people to step outside of their comfort zone yeah. and to reach out in whatever way that they can. You know, of course, it's awkward to, you know, maybe you see someone in our daily life, getting coffee or at the grocery store or on a street corner or whatever. And you like notice a shift in them. Yeah. And you, you know, we all pick up on things and it can be so easy to just like move on. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so looks pretty rough. But in this time, what Stacy and Lakeisha are doing where they're bringing it to people and they're doing that work. Like, it's just such an example to all of us, I think to like step out of our comfort zone and go reach out because folks are in you know, despite the fact that we had unemployment paid out and we had some rescue funds here and there and whatever, like people are in such 
dire straits right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, we sometimes get anesthetized to certain facts and figures that we hear the the real estate market is off the chain and all this other stuff. But there are other challenges that people are having right now. And and a lot of times, like you, you said something very important. I want people to hear that is a lot of times it's just, it's just good to say, hey, are you doing okay? You know, just to ask somebody, somebody that you might know, or maybe you come in contact with, or, you know, I, I go to ONF all the time to get coffee and I'm always talking to people in there. And I have to even force myself to do it from time to time just to check in with somebody because, yeah. you know, it does take a village and we're all kind of in this together. You know, a lot of times I think that's the that's the trick that a lot of people struggle with is that they all everybody thinks they're alone in this, you know, and 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 as a you're not alone in it. And B, like everybody and their mother's been through a lot of what a lot of people are going through right now. It's just how we process it, how right. we talk about it or we don't talk about it. So. I think it's just important to be willing to be transparent when and where possible. Right. Not I mean, that you got to put all your business out on the street, but. No, but there are just times <clears> when <throat> that that effort and maybe maybe it's some, sometimes scary to be genuine yeah. and to be, oh, yeah. you know. Well, I think it's know. I think I think the reality is, is that for most of us, just our human nature and our instincts that we have is that if we show somebody how how vulnerable we are then that means that people will take advantage of us, right? I mean, I also think that, you know, sometimes, you know, we like to portray the type of person that we want to be versus the person that we actually are. Right. You know, and that's that's fine. I mean, I, I, I get that, but you just need to understand that this rodeo that you're on is not the first time that this rodeo has been seen. Right. And other people have been through this and some people have had success getting through it and others have not because they have recoiled and, have decided that they're not going to share and, and be open right. and let other people in at their greatest time of need. And I know it's a challenge. And as- it's a huge challenge. I mean, <clears throat> I think that having there are people that I look to in the community um, who are really good about showing their vulnerabilities and they do it, I think, as a service to others. Nate Walls. He's Absolutely. always posting, talking about his yeah. journey yeah. and. He's not. He, he will let you know he's and, not not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Even absolutely. though he is. I mean, Nate's it's pretty Pretty much, he's gold a good. He's a, here. I call. He's a good um, dude. Brady Carmen is another person, both South Fayetteville residents, that really puts out there the importance of being vulnerable and sharing struggles, and then also cheering on victories, sure. right? And so, I don't know. It's it can be so challenging to become a person who does that, but we have such good role models, just even in our town. So. I have hope like things are really bad now for a lot of folks and we have scary things maybe in our future climate stuff. Yeah. However, you know, yeah. economy could go political things, whatever. But we're really lucky in Northwest Arkansas to have people who are like living it and doing it. And I think that that might get us through rough times here. I hope always. Absolutely. I think it's one of the more generous areas parts of the country that I've ever lived in. And like I said, I've lived all over and I've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. So, you know, anybody listening to this that's not from here, you know, we don't want to, we're not just sitting here crying alone, but we, we've got people to cry with. And, you know, we, we're going through our problems and we're dealing with them, you know, trying to deal with them head on the best way that we can. And the community and the spirit of the community here in Northwest Arkansas affords us that ability. So if you're coming to this area, if you're thinking about relocating or have relocated here, just know that this community is much bigger than you realize. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out here that are willing to 
sit down with you, have a cup of coffee, chat with you, maybe give you some advice, give you some guidance. And, you know, and again, it's the kind of information and feedback that you you might be looking for that is is non-judgmental, which is important, right? I mean, because we, we've all had enough judgmental feedback in our lives. So, yeah, I think that if you take the scary step to share your needs or, you know, when I've seen someone say, I have a need here, or I see some folks who have a need here, that's scary. It is hard. You are opening yourself up. But what I almost always see is another person or a whole bunch of people most of the time who will come in and say, all right, well, here are these solutions. Yeah. Or, okay, well, let's band together and find a solution. Right. So for maybe new new residents or incoming residents um, or visitors even, if you can just build up the gumption to say what the need is, you will probably receive support in um, in many different ways. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. So, well, you know, w- wow, we we took this conversation, went in a whole different <laughs> turn, but it, it's fine. It's cathartic and that's why I do it. And it's my podcast, so I can do whatever I want to yeah, do with do it, right? I'm want. just, it's all good. But, you know, and sometimes it's necessary. But what's next for Olivia Trimble? What are you, what are you hoping to accomplish? And, and, and by the way, I want everybody that's listening to this, if you have a child at home that wants to be an artist, if you are an artist of some sort or want to get into art in some way, shape, or form as a hobby or anything, you need to go check out Olivia's shop there on North College. And we'll make sure that we put the address and the website for Sleet City on the show notes so that you guys know how to uh, access and connect with Olivia. And definitely, if you heard about her first here on the podcast, we want to make sure that when you go in there, you tell her that you heard about her on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast, and and I'm sure she'll take great care of you. So Yes. So what's next? So, uh, you know, I talked about that I took some time off from painting. I took six months to paint my own sign on my own building. And part of that was that I wasn't feeling up to it. And the other part was that, man, that pressure, if you're a sign painter. Yeah, I know. Or you have a sign that's good is there. So I feel like I'm ready to get back to painting. And what is on the horizon for me? I have my interchange grant funded projects in Eudora and Fox. So those are going to be percolating this year. But here in Northwest Arkansas, part of the beauty of this shop is that it has put me in contact with so many artists and up and coming artists that I haven't had the privilege to know until now. And what is probably next is that I'll be selecting a group, maybe mostly women who would like to get into public art and we'll be doing some projects together. My goal is that no one works for free on these. I can't stand it. I can't stand spec work. I don't think it's right. This is not a volunteer thing, but people who will be paid to learn the technical side of putting up large scale pieces of art. I don't really feel like I'm qualified to teach people, you know, much more than those technical sure, things. Sure. How do we handle a wall of this texture? How do we handle a contract? How do we handle getting an insurance policy? How do we handle renting big machinery? How do we handle weird terrain? All of these things that I've just learned through trial and error and also sharing of knowledge from other painters. I'm excited to get that information out into um, our arts community so that we have a whole new, you know, wave of people who are putting up art. And my ultimate kind of, well, it's not sneaky. I'm pretty blunt about it, is that we have so much privilege and wealth in Northwest Arkansas. We have a wealth of public art. We've got all these artists living here. We've got all these corporations with big money. 
you said yourself, this may be the only place in the state you'd want to live. This may be the only place in the state that I want to live. But I think that there is there's something about our position here that I believe is important to share with the rest of the state, right? So I'm going to do this here. I'm going to train some folks. I'm going to do this in Eudora and Fox. I'm going to train some folks. And what I hope is that the next steps of my career, whatever they may be beyond this, will be taking our, my privilege as a Northwest Arkansas resident and using it to maybe incrementally, because I know I'm just an artist here. I don't have, you know, any weird lofty views of myself, but like, I want to take what I'm doing and use it to help rural Arkansas because we have a whole state full of people. Pay it forward, forward, right? Like we're focusing on making Northwest Arkansas progressive. Little Rock's working hard. And there are certainly people going into other cities. Rachel Reynolds, Dan Hintz, like we got all kinds of people who are trying, but I want to make sure that I am also working to just make things better through my my kind of narrow skill set for rural Arkansans because, you know, Northwest Arkansas can only rise so much if the rest of the state is not coming with us. Like we can't advertise ourselves as a super progressive area, which does get new residents to move here and to grow their companies here and whatever. If the rest of the state is just, you know, struggling the way that they kind of have been for years. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you're abs- you're absolutely right and it's so it's that whole concept of it takes a village and it means that everybody from the east side of the village to the west side of the village all have to kind of yeah. chip in and and work towards that. So and I I think we'll get there. I mean, it's going to take leadership, it's going to take new ideas and new ways to stimulate the kind of growth that we want to see here in the natural state for for yeah. things to really continue to improve. And I think it a lot of it does emanate here in Northwest Arkansas, Absolutely. but then it cascades over to the rest of the state. Yeah. And I think, and I'll save this long-winded thing for another <clears throat> time, but I think there's something to be said for people who live in the Ozarks. Sure. You know, we're a peculiar group. We have all kinds of lore and old weird stuff, hill people. But I think that we have a special way of handling growth and challenges and newcomers. And um, it's really shaped this unique space that we're living in. Yeah, no. Well, absolutely. I mean, listen, there that puts a perfect bow in it, I think, <laughs> just in terms of where we are and, and what you've shared. I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. This was well worth the time and effort of getting <laughs> you here finally. So thank you so much, Olivia Trimble, for joining us today uh, on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. I forgot to ask you, Olivia, what is the website that you want to send people to? Sure. If you'd like to visit the website, it's just www.sleetcity.com. Okay. That's like a sleeting rain, S-L-E-E-T city.com. So perfect. All right. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Make sure you sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.